Hello, everyone. I'm Fei Fei Liao. My pronouns are she and her. This is the podcast series Voices of Us. I'm the host, talking with our amazing speakers about LGBTQIA+ international students' stories and share some learnings with you. In this episode, let's learn about some facts about the LGBTQIA+ community and discuss the complexity engaging with queers from diverse multicultural backgrounds. Welcome, Kobe and Michael. Yes,、um, thank you so much today、um, for inviting me to this podcast.、Um, so my name is Kobe.、Um, so my pronouns is he and him,、um, and I work as a psychotherapist.、Uh, I run my own mental health clinic,、uh, and I used to be international students myself, and I identify as gay. Thanks, Fifi. It's honor to be here. My name is Michael, and I'm from China originally. I've been in Australia for three years and a half. Currently, I'm working at MIT as a peer mentoring officer, and out of my work time, I'm also the stage performer、uh, and advocate for international students and、uh, LGBTQI plus communities. Thanks. Thank you. And let's start with、uh, Michael's journey. And wanted to know how you got into the LGBTQI plus advocacy space. Yeah, it takes a long time to be honest. The transition. The transition took me about like two years to running, get out of my comfort zone and to advocate for more international students. Uh, the first time I came to Melbourne three years and half years ago, I feel like I was so scared of everything and I didn't know Australia is a LGBTQ friendly country until I come here. And then, I still remember the first time that shocked me a lot was like I was invited to a. Um, international student performers organizations, and I saw there are other international students. They are performing their authentic stories on the stage. They are like I can see they're very confident about themselves and never be ashamed to share their own experience. And I was the audience in the crowded, and I feel like so, uh, like terrified to running, like to running afraid people recognize me of like you know I just hide myself in the closet. Uh, and then I feel like there are a lot of like Chinese international students. They came to Australia not just for study; it's also for fighting for their freedom and future. And I feel like I need to do something to support them. And also, I need to、uh, face my, you know, to face the real side of myself and to get out of my comfort zone and to embrace the freedom in Australia. That's the,、uh, I think that's the. Upper level of like coming to Australia, it's not just to complete my degree, also to know what exactly I want in my future. So I joined that organization and I start performing my own story to advocate for more international students. Cause every time I perform my story, I know, even though I'm alone on the stage, but there are thousands of international students that are standing behind me, and especially for LGBTQ communities, I feel like they are more vulnerable. And they are more; they have more challenges to share themselves,、uh, because they might live in a country like, you know, the people will judge them a lot,、uh, and this is the country that ma- they might feel like a little bit support around them from the university, from other organizations. So,、um, I try to build up the bridge between them and、uh, to be the first person to speak out for them and to encourage them to share their own stories as well. Thank you for sharing your journey. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit about the stories you 
performed and also what stories you saw from other people? Uh, yeah, the name of the organization was BBC b a n o r t h Stories Connection. And um, it's more like in car- uh, involving s- uh, different international, international students from different cultural b- backgrounds. to perform their own authentic stories. It's including the family issues, mental health, uh, LGBTQ themes, and other, you know, the difficulties that international students might be uh, confronted with. Uh, And I watched uh, uh, some of the international students, they're from Southeast Asia, and they perform their own story. And I feel like I can see myself from their own story. And I feel like, "Mm, why not? I become that person on the stage. And, and what stories did you, did you see that motivated yeah, you? Yeah, I remember there's a one story from a, uh, uh, from a girl from China as well. Uh, and her performed like how she hide herself in the car when other relatives and family members asking her about like, when are you going to marry? And what's your future boyfriend looks like? And she seems very... worried and seems very like you know speechless about to answer these questions and she tried to use the scarf to hide her face and to to get away with with the truth and i feel like okay that's me that's exactly what i was under the scarf and try to hide myself from the bright and in the dark so i feel like oh i can see myself a lot in their stories so i got power from them Mm, so you were saying you were hiding yourself yeah. and you resonated with that experience. So what brought you out? Uh, in those one year and a half, I was keeping watching and engaging with that organization and to uh, watching their performers. And I got like, it's, the, it's not the, it's not, I got power every time I watch them story. And then there's a one, just like one, There's a one day I feel like the power is enough. I don't need to, you know, to release my power and to really pass it on to more international students. And then I feel like when I started at uh, my university, and I feel like there are a lot of support and the people they are very very uh, encouraged me to speak out my story and gave me feel make me feel very comfortable uh, in the university and in my life. So I feel like I feel so comfortable to talk with them and then I become more confident to share my own story. And I know exactly what kind of resources that international students can get access to to get support from Victoria, from Melbourne, from their university, from their communities as international students, as LGBTQI individuals. Mm, thank you. And yeah, we will talk about the resources available from Kobe as well. Um, but firstly, I also identify sometimes you talk about the LGBTQA community. Sometimes you talk about LGBTQAI. And what's the difference between LGBTQAI plus and LGBTQA? You know, I've seen different people use different terms. And is that okay to use different terms? And what are the differences? Yes, uh, I don't think there's one standard way of saying it. Like, you know, some people refer as LGBT. Some people refer as LGBTI. And then some are more comfortable saying LGBTIQ. 
And then there are new, the newer generations nowadays, I think generally they refer as LGBTIQA+, um, because that's, um, that sounds um, more inclusive of the different um, sexual orientations that we have in the community. Mm. So I personally, uh, when I work with people of the, um, you know, the, some even re- I refer as rainbow community. Mm. Right, you know, uh, so they're just, just different way of um, referring the community. Um, I personally prefer LGBTIQA+, because mm. um, that to me is um, the, the most inclusive terms that I found. Um, and what does that stand for? Uh, L for lesbian, G for gay, B for bisexual, T for transgender. I for intersex, Q for queer or questioning, A for asexual, mm. and then plus that includes pansexual, metrosexual, and other other types of um, um, the sexual orientations that we have in the community. Mm, thank you for explaining that. Mm. And yeah, in that we also identify a term called queer, and some people mm. refer themselves into the queer community. Yeah. Is there a difference? Uh, yeah. So generally, um, I think it's it's interchangeable. Like some people refer um themselves as queer. Um, it really comes down to individual preferences. I would say there's no standard way of addressing that or you know the way which which name you want to use or which term um but i do want to say though like when using the word queer um it's uh just we we all have to be mindful that the word queer uh has a negative connotation towards like on the words like so to the older generations um the older generations they do not like the word queer Mm, why is yeah, that? Because the word queer actually, uh, you know, it reminds them a lot of uh, of the uh, oppression that they've gone through in the past. Uh, queer people is, the word queer in the past is just like nowadays people, if they call you f- a faggot, mm. right? The word faggot in uh, in this day and age is still not very acceptable, you know, in, in um, describing the community. So... Um, but the word queer has evolved, mm. right? Um, the, the newer generations nowadays, they are very comfortable with the word queer, mm. um, but not to the older generations. Mm, I see. Yeah. So I would say that, you know, if you talk to your peers, uh, that like, the, you know, who's around your age and, you know, uh, who's uh, relatively the younger generations, then you, if you use the word queer, that's, as far as I understand, is that that's perfectly fine. Mm. Um, but if you do talk to like older mm. um, communities uh, who identify themselves as LGBTIQA+, um, then uh, you might have to be a bit more mindful in that. Mm. When you mention about older and how do you define older generation? Oh, that's also very um, <laughs> subjective. Uh, <laughs> I would generally say that, you know, anyone who has been through oppression in the past, Mm. As in, when it comes to their sexual orientations, you know how, I think twenty or thirty, yeah, about twenty years ago, um, gay is still not. It's, it's still considered as a as sickness. Mm. It's a mental illness, mm. like you know back then, right? Uh, and that if you are gay, you can be put into prison. Mm. 
right so that's that's back then i think um, in australia in australia yes mm. yes um particularly tasmania uh which is the last state that actually decriminalized gay wow. like, like yeah the, the sexual orientations like they are the last state that decriminalize um gay and lesbians Wow. So the yeah. different states, they have different attitudes and different laws? Yes, they have different acts. Different yeah, acts? Yeah, different acts and legislations in different states. Um, so, uh, yeah, Tasmania is the last one. But they are also the most progressive ones. Now, oh, how now, come? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they changed their attitude. Mm, what made the shift? Uh, I think different government, different mentality. Mm. Uh, and you know you have younger, younger individuals who come into government and becomes like minister, and then they they have mm. different ideas and different um, understanding. So that changes the, the the attitude that the government has in different states. Mm. Um, but yeah, as far as I know, that yeah, Tasmania is the is the last state that decriminalized it, and mm. that only happens about twenty something years ago. So it was quite recent. Mm, I see. Thank yeah. you for sharing the knowledge. So, quite interesting to learn about the history and kind of refreshing young people do have a power to change and to yeah, never underestimate yes, um, yes. Yeah, what we all can do. And it's uh, interesting to also hear about how Michael is uh, you know, coming from a place really hidden, but now really advocating for other young people as well. But could be from your experience, and and uh, you worked for university before as well. So have you come across any students um, who were in the similar shoes of Michael, who had the similar experiences, and what was uh, that yes. experience like? Yes, the answer is yes. Because do you know that in Australia, across Australia, in two thousand sixteen, based on the uh, Australia Bureau of Statistics, you know the statistics says that in two thousand sixteen. There are about six hundred thousand people in Australia identify as LGBTIQA plus. Mm. All right, and that's the data in two thousand sixteen, and today is two thousand twenty two. So obviously, it's going to be more than that mm. these days, right? So what it means is that it is very likely that the people that you know around you, one or two of them, or more, are identify as LGBTIQA plus. So the mm. the the numbers that we have, right? They are the, the people who are comfortable identifying right. themselves as LGBTIQA. That figure does not represent the real figure mm. of the community mm. in Australia. There that's are right. a big part of the mm. community who are still questioning, who are still exploring, like their sexual orientations. They may not tick that box. In and you know when we when we did the census, mm. you know. So, yeah. So I would say that six hundred thousand is not an actual. Mm-hmm. Figure that reflects mm. it. I believe it's much higher than that. You said six hundred, six hundred thousand in Australia, right? Yeah. There were four hundred thousands in China, including those people who got married already. Oh, but it's right. fake marriage. Oh, mm. yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm. And is that important to identify themselves as a part of the LGBTQI plus community? I. Th- think it's very very important (laughs) that you actually (laughs) identify as lgbt yeah because it is a part of um, us doing like creating change in the community in the society 
Mm. Like if you want to normalize something, you have to increase the exposure. Mm. Like you can imagine, right? The the more people see that on the street, mm. the more the more um you know it's 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 familiar to them. Mm. And then that would reduce the stigma. Mm. So stigma exists because people are unfamiliar with that thing. Like straight couples, right? Mm. You see it everywhere on the street, mm. right? Because you see it so often, would you still question it? Well, many people won't. Exactly. And if you see, um, there are a lot of straight people, like sometimes they like to kiss on the street as well, right? Mm. But when you see them kissing, would you question that? <laughs> Because it's so common that, mm. you know, uh, it, people see it so commonly, not on the street. So then people are getting more comfortable with it. Mm. So for me, it's like, if you want to be a part of this change process, if you want to reduce this stigma in the society, so that our next generation or our future generations can actually be themselves and hold hands on the street, you know, and, you know, mm. very confidently without uh, facing that, that fear and that stigma, I think we all have a part to play in this, which mm. is to to increase the exposure so that it becomes very common. And then when it's common, then people don't talk about it anymore because it's so common. Mm. What about you, yeah. Michael? How do you feel about, you know, associated with the LGBTQA plus community or this, this label? Because you say many people don't feel comfortable. I mean, I'm partially agree with what Kobe said because mm. I feel like yeah we need a big amount of the LGBTQ individuals to stand out and to let the world know uh, is a big group is a big group and we are advocating for each of us but if we like you know try to label everyone every individual about their sexual orientation like to ask them um, are you the rainbow or are you the online are you the um, homophobia sort of things it's kind of like make people feel Oh, like, is that a serious question? Like, I don't want to answer because people feel uncomfortable to really label them as one part of it, for th especially for those questioning people. And uh, what we can do as one, as LGBTQ, A plus, like, communities, individuals, and we can, like, show what we have to the world and to encourage more people to involve with us, but we are not pushing them to really be involved in our community. Because it can, like, give them the pressures of, like, you know, to running, engage with this community. But what was your experience, like, engaging with people who are exploring or who already label themselves as a part of the LGBTQ plus community? When I was, like, you know, in the closet, I really hate people ask me, are you gay or are you... Did people ask that? They ask them. Ask mm. these questions, I feel How like so offended because mm. before you know this person, it's so rude to ask this question. It's Why more like to feel? other people as well. If you ask them, Are you one part of this community? It's kind of like you know, get into their bottom line or like you know, uncomfortable zone. Mm. To be honest, I didn't ask this question to many of the people until they really feel comfortable, comfortable to share with me because I feel like this is a very private question and. I personally don't want to, you know, ruining because some of them they are straight, but might be gay or lesbian <laughs> sometimes. Mm. Who knows? They might be exploring, but they didn't know they are in that process. So we don't have to push them or like ask these questions 
not to them because to be honest is none of my business、mm. but this is also what i want to say is that ultimately what we want to achieve in this world is that you get to the point you don't even have to ask this question anymore、mm. Just like straight people, when you look at straight, do you have to ask them, "Are you straight?" <laughs> no,、right? exactly, because、mm. it's so common. Like you、mm. know, it's accepted in the world that、um, you don't even have to ask this question anymore. So we, that's that's what we want to get to is to a point where who cares whether you are gay or lesbian or straight or whatever.、Mm. Like there's no point of asking that question.、Mm. That's what we want to get to.、Mm. But how? At the moment, people are still asking. I know what you're saying. Like the questioning, they might not feel comfortable talking about it. Like you know, for whatever reasons that they have, right? And that's really valid. That's how they feel, right? But I also think that there's some intercultural components here that、mm. comes into play.、Um, that,、um, like for example, my own experience is that、uh, because I come from both worlds, like from the Asian culture, and also like I live in the Western world for. Generally, like the Western friends that I have, like in you know, Australians in general, they are quite open to it, and they think that asking the question "Are you gay?" because to them it's it's like they just want to see if they can actually go further with you and actually、mm. you know get to know if you, you are、more. actually yeah know you a bit more.、Mm. Whereas I can see that from、uh, you know individuals from other cultures might feel that that's not. Appropriate、uh, mm. because it's very private things、mm. to say, but then the, another question is how do we normalize it then, right? How do we we want equality, we want acceptance,、mm. and we want to reduce stigma, like、mm. all these things, right?、Mm. So that we want our future generations to be more comfortable being themselves, without without the fear of is someone going to be、uh, going to judge me because of my sexual orientation. But if we Again, on the other side is if we don't increase the exposure, if we don't actually make it like normalize it and you know, get a lot of things, then how do we achieve equality, and how do we achieve these、um, reduced stigma? So, Michael, like、uh, for you, how do you advocate? From a personal experience, like if we want to explode about like the importance of the sexual orientations sort of things, you have to stand in the middle of the exposure. So you have to involve yourself to really stand out and to speak.、Uh, as I said, I always perform my own story and to、mm. share my own story to the peers. I think peer-to-peer -peer support is very important for most、uh, young generations, because especially for international students, they might feel like, oh, there's a one. I can make appointment with the counseling. I can make appointment with the、uh, social support worker, but they might from different cultural background, and they are, they might. Like you know, was born in a very open-minded country, and they couldn't feel what I felt. That's、mm. a that's as an issue, like for international students, why they didn't asking for help or like seeking help, because、mm. I feel they feel like they doubting they couldn't find the right person to really help them、mm. until if there's a one person from the same cultural background as you, and they got a similar experience, and they was in the point that you are currently standing,、mm. it might be more convincing for them to trust、uh, what you said. And、mm. you, you don't have to be an educator or teacher to tell to tell them what exactly to do, because it really depends on personal situation. But if you can share your own story, I think they are very intelligent. They can get inspirations by themselves, and they can get support like exactly what they need. And uh, just let them know they are very safe and welcome in this country. And if they 
need help. There are a lot of like helps around them. Just go for that. So this is the environments and、uh, signal that we need to pass on to them. Students are just、uh, trying to make friends with you.、Uh-huh. And if they ask, "Oh, Michael, are you gay?" you you feel offended. But how do they navigate the conversation with you? If they are curious, you know how they can possibly share their sexual orientation with you, but not sure. You know, just imagine yourself having the conversation with people, and what kind of conversations would motivate you or kind of make you feel comfortable to say that you are gay, or any topics that would. Make you feel comfortable to bring up. Or sometimes you don't even have to say that you're gay. You that's can, right. You that's right. That,、so. Oh, I'm I'm also questioning. I'm also exploring.、Mm. Or like、yeah. some people that are lying, they just want to know more about those、yeah. knowledge about this part.、Yeah. Mm. Like for example, my friends, his、uh, she's trans.、Mm. I didn't have any knowledge about transgender, and I didn't. I don't want to be a trans yet. Maybe, <laughs> and I just ask about questions, but it doesn't mean I'm trans. Mm. Or like I'm, I'm belonging to trans, uh, transgender community. So we, to be honest, we like the people doesn't really have to say I'm gay or I'm lesbian. I'm one part of the community. But if they are seeking any knowledges and like information about that, I would love to share with them. And if I can add to what Michael、oh, yeah, said as、course. well, is that I think sometimes it can be quite empowering as well for people. Like for example, if I have good relationship with Michael, let's say,、mm. right, and if I know that I myself deep down in me I'm questioning my sexual orientation,、mm. and because I don't want to tell everyone,、mm. right, and I know that I can trust Michael,、mm. but I also don't know whether Michael is、mm. questioning or gay or、That's、whatever, right. right? That's right. Then, but because I know that I can trust Michael, and then I might go to Michael and say, "Are you gay?" Like you know,、mm. because. From my perspective, is that maybe that maybe I just want to find people who are who share the similar journey as me,、mm. who are also questioning, like、oh, who's、right. also gay, trying to get some support because they are not they don't feel comfortable seeking support outside of like going to external agency and whatnot. They can only go to people that they can confide with or someone that they trust, and they ask that question. So,、um, I think sometimes. People who come and ask that question might not be because they are、uh, trying to gossip or trying to do whatever、right. things, right?、Mm. They come to you and ask that question. Maybe they themselves are also questioning, and then they they just want to get that support. That's right.、Uh, but but we just don't know what the intention behind it. Like you know,、um, mm. yeah, that's、uh, what you know.、Um, we're trying to explore. As well, because a lot of people when they are exploring and they want to to find someone like Michael, but they don't feel comfortable to even ask the question,、um, because they might think, oh, I'm still exploring, but I don't want to be exposed or make other people think, oh, are you, you know, are you gay or are you lesbian?、Um, that's why they they don't know how to approach it、mm. and to encourage people to look for support. And that's why it's also important. Whether that's important to actually label themselves as part of the LGBTQ plus community and look for p- support, or when they are questioning, they can also look for support without labeling themselves.
And for example, for your counseling sessions, right, if you, um, whether you've come across students who are questioning themselves and is that important to disclose their sexuality for you to be able to uh, make a progress mm. in the sessions? Generally, in, in the, the people that I work with, because uh, I'm very open I'm openly gay, so I put it on my profile and website or whatever. <laughs> so, so people when they book like appointment mm. with me, they already know that I'm out there, mm. right? So, they know that when they come into session, they can just be themselves and they can talk about anything, even though mm. they are questioned. Like Michael said, there is something this is really important that when you talk to someone who's in the community, like they mm. know, because you feel more comfortable and safer to talk to someone who actually. Um, have similar journey as you not the same journey but similar journey that can resonate with what you're going through mm. uh, rather than talking to someone who who hasn't been through that journey so just before we finish I just mm. want to encourage like your uh, the listeners of this podcast again um, please if you do need any help if you do any support please reach out okay don't leave it don't keep it within yourself and then you know, hoping that things would just disappear. Um, but no, if you have any concern, go and talk to someone, okay? Mm. Whether it's professional or your friend. Go and talk to your friend or professional, or even if you're comfortable, go and talk to your family. Mm. Um, but if you need to, like always seek professional help from a counsellor because they will be able to assist you further and they will be able to provide you with a safe place to talk about things. Thank you, Kobe and Michael. That's all for today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Voices of Us podcast series produced by Co-Inventors. If you feel it's worth sharing, we'd love to share it with your family, friends, and the world. You can find all the episodes on Co-Inventors, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and the City of Melbourne Libraries SoundCloud. Give us a follow and like. We also really appreciate the great support from Yakvik Hague Grant, City of Melbourne Libraries, AGMC, and RMIT Translation and Interpretation Discipline.